so sad that I wasn't recording. Are you recording now? Yeah, I am. Okay, good. Because uh, I'm, I'm just... I'm not going <laughs> to say anything terrible now. What is it? Yeah. You say mm. terrible things all the time. I know. Like, you're, you're, you're a nightmare. Um, but this is why I love you. I'm made of dead jokes. But and nice bad to, puns. Bad puns. And single entendres as well. Oh, really? An occasional double entendre, but I prefer the single. It's just yeah, more direct. And more direct. This is the Things We Do podcast, a podcast about films, mental health, life culture, and everything else. Today, I've got my special guest and close friend, Tony Newton. I'm going to correct you there. Is it? Is it? No. How do you pronounce it? It's a double-barreled, non-hyphenated surname, thanks to the wife. Oh, okay. Hang on. You clear. Oh, that's right. You want to correct me then? Yeah. Go for it. It's, it's, it's a Tony Hosha Newton, spelt R-O-C-H-A. <laughs> Space E W T O N. So it's actually we most Australians we just look at them because they, they look at the idea and they go, "What's your name?" I'm like, uh, "Rock and Newton," and they go, "Oh yeah, cool." Because if I go Hosha, they're like, "There's an R here. There's no S. You're weird. <laughs> That's not you." <laughs> Brazilian language. It's, uh, um, it's I weird. Know you know, yeah, yeah, we did that. We did the whole thing because um, Bell had like four surnames because that's how. Brazil works. That you like your yeah. mother's surname, your dad's surname, a bits of other past and stuff. So she hers was Isabel, no middle name, Hosha Pereira da Silva. That the, the oh, entire nice. end bit was her surname, and she was sick to the, the length of it. She was like, "So when we marry, I don't want to have all, my entire name, uh, or or just change it to yours. Can we keep a, a, the bit I like plus yours?" I'm like, "Sure, let's just do that." So I was, I was happy with that. But we could have changed their name completely. You don't have to like. No. A handful of times in my uh, my job looking at property and stuff, like the man has changed their name to the female surname. It's been like twice in 20 or 30 years of this job. Um, but you could change it to anything else completely. Yeah. You, you, I, you could be like, you know, Tony Newton, Isabel, Hoshapero de Silva, and we, our new names are like you know, Bench, Sure. <laughs> you, you can change it to whatever you want. Yeah. But the pretense is that you'd stick with that. And the same with the kids. I've always been curious as to why there's always male juniors and like Martin the second and third. Why can't you have females? I know. It makes no sense. Anyway, that's, that's, that's just my thing. So, yeah. Hi, I'm Tony Hosh and Newton. <laughs> I tangented it as well. I'm going to fit in well here. Th This podcast is going to be an interesting one because like – It's going to be like a Billy Connolly repartee. <clears throat> oh, and can I just say I'm so sad that he's uh, now retired from like – well, he has oh, but, got Parkinson's, isn't he? Yeah. No, is it, no, is it Parkinson's? Or, yeah, it's um, Parkinson's. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, it still yeah, makes me um, re rewatch all the early 2000s and, you know, 1990s and stuff. Anyway. So. Um, yes. Continuing. <laughs> so, yes, Tony Hosh Newton. And what else is that? Do you do, do ages? Do you do oh, no, whatever's? Oh, no. Well, I've already, uh, like, I, I I don't do ages. Okay. I, I, it's not an, it's a non-age. Non-ageist. <laughs> it's an ageist thing. Um, I, I what mean, else do you tell people about your guests? I, look, I generally it comes up in conversation. Um, I mean, what do you want to, what do you want to tell the guests about? I like, tell us a bit about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> You're putting yourself on the, on the front line. I am. Why did I do that? You were no just like, should I tell everyone about me? <laughs> I need to tell everybody about me. Um, so yeah, married obviously a handful of years ago after taking a year off from everything and just taking the world, literally the world in, uh, and came back and you know, found Isabel. Um, we were very quickly on the same page. We married and we now have a kid, uh, young Oliver or Ollie, because uh, we're going to get to that bit in a minute too because we're yes. trying to uh, raise him in a, a gender creative parenting, as it's called. 
Oh, can I just say that's awesome? Yes, it's interesting. That, it's it's a bit difficult to get my, get your head around because you don't refer to him as he. But apparently, it's either they or them. The the whole non-binary thing, which is I don't know. To me, it's, it's, it's I think it's just um, lazy creation. Like oh, we need <laughs> we need a term because I want to be not a male or a female. And we'll just use that one. Yeah. Instead and it's, of coming and it's, up with a decent actual new term. Yeah, I know. And um, it's not a very like English language friendly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, yeah, and the other one apparently is Z or Zim. Oh, okay. I didn't know that which one. Which A is okay. It's a new term. But yeah. I, I still think it's lazy because it's just replacing the H's and he and him with a Z. But yeah. there's, there's also no reference to his. So you can't go Ziz. That does, that's, that, that's not a word. So it's Zim. Z and his, which makes absolutely no sense. Right, okay. Or hers, and then it all falls apart. So I think, yeah, it's it's people really wanting wanting the change immediately and the things and the, the not putting the effort into actually yeah. defining what they want to be called. Yeah, and there's a lot of like, um, I think I think that's like human nature in general. <laughs> we just It we, is a little, yeah. <laughs> I want it all now. Yeah, I, I know. And and I think the world is very much like, you know, that's why I tend to probably say like non-binary probably more than they or them mm. because it's just like um, uh, it, it just ends up being or just neutral, like gender neutral. Because I think mm. neutral is a good term. Yeah. It's, an in, it's always been described as an in-between point. Yeah, well, that's uh, what we're trying to do with Oliver, do the gender neutral thing so that when he's more aware as he's older and he decides, you know what, I am a boy, fine. Then he locks it in and yeah. it's him. Or if he decides that he wants to like be gender neutral or mm. associate with female more and things like yeah. that, he can, he can work it all out. The interesting thing is... Um, getting other people to work and uh, recognize it and work it out yeah most people are like okay <laughs> most people and, and then some people who are like okay yeah um and very few people are like that's awesome i know and i'm i'm one of the camp which is like that's awesome it um, is pretty cool i think it's also it's a very modern parenting Approach. Very, very modern. It's super, like so few people do it. It's ridiculous. But uh, yeah, but I mean, like it's also the, the whole. The funny thing is, like the gender neutral topic is nothing new. This mm. has been around for quite a while now, like oh, yes. I, I, over a hundred years. But the thing was, it became popular in media probably in the last ten years. Like mm. it really kind of made a surge. Yes. But before then, a lot of people were, you know, trying to find like the. I think I can't remember the Danish girl the 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 real life person who went through um uh a trans Mm. whole um surgery was basically unfortunately she died due to the surgery and all that but it was sort of like this whole you know moving forward in terms of how people identify and everything like this Mm. and i think the interesting thing is i follow i follow a couple of people on twitter who are trans and they they're very positive people like they're very like the community is great mm. like they they're very positive like no matter where you sit on the um the whole uh gender um spectrum and everything but i think in terms of like having people accepting it and going oh okay that's how you're raising mm. your child is is it's so it shouldn't be a problem it no sh- it shouldn't it shouldn't um, the interesting thing um as well cuz one of my good friends she has a had a daughter who is now non-binary um and they are all over the bits and pieces um and super keen to be part of what we're doing with oliver Um, but it it is an interesting um you know ball game to get your head around yeah i mean like 
The funny thing was, um, I think, I, and I talked about it with like, you know, a whole bunch of friends as well. Whereas this, you know, like I relate to certain things about being um, a boy, but I also relate to certain things about being a girl. And it's just kind of like, I remember once I wore um, a nail polish, like um, one of my friends painted all my nails different colors. You would have looked fabulous. I, I, I did. <laughs> but I went to the gym and like the the whole idea was, it was just like the per, the P3 I had at the time, you know, was just, I felt like, oh God, they're going to judge me harshly and people oh, at work are going to judge yes. me harshly. And I didn't like thinking about that, like, and all of that now, it seems very silly to kind of think what, why, do, why should they care? But you do because um, I think with that whole growing up, you should be, not suppressed but it's so funny how you know obviously you and i both know people who were very still kind of like mm, i wouldn't say not okay but they're not comfortable with it when it's in front of them like that's the, the one yes yes that's the difference they're okay with the idea just when it's presented so exactly like, when it becomes a part of their life and it's like oh wait a minute yeah maybe not <laughs> back it up back it up a little and and i think that's kind of where you go uh, the difference between like people's reality versus um, uh, people's expectations. So I think the whole, I remember one of my, um, I was in about 19 at the time. Uh, one of my friends was like, oh, I'm trans. And I was like, oh, how would you like me to use your pronouns? And they were like, oh, please call me he or him. And I was like, cool. No worries. Done. Um, and I was like, have you told other people? And the, um, he was like, no. And I was like, do you want help with that? Like, how would you like? And it's like, no, I'll tell people in my own time. I was like, okay, cool. Mm. But it, it, it can be, I, and talking to people about it, it can be quite an isolating thing. Like, it's quite oh, quickly um, uh, an isolating thing. And it's really sh- like, I think with, you know, the great thing is we know very like accepting people and, you know, very like loving, um, caring people as well. So it's, but it, it is very like, you want everyone to just be like, I don't care or who you are or how you, I just like, it's, I think someone suggested everyone have like badges so they know what pronouns, which I thought was a great idea to like, you know, probably not a societal thing because <laughs> it would be a bit strange walking up to everyone and seeing what pronoun they were. But I think it also in principle, it is a cool idea to have everyone's like pronouns, how they identify everything like that hmm. in front of them. I don't know if that would create more prejudice, you know, like when people get to, you know, ignore a thousand people every day and, and kind of like live in this sheltered bubble yes. versus they have to interact. <laughs> interact with people. Yeah. yeah. That could be a good thing or a bad thing. I think. Yeah, I know. how society will react to it. Which, you know, society. <sighs> yeah. It's. I, I still have hope that society is going to be a much cooler place soon, but every now and again you just see something in the news and go, oh. I think the, U- <laughs> the US is a great example of like things going down. Um, Cause I think it's also, it's down to the, it's down to the leaders we have in the world hmm. who are very white old men. And, oh yes. And there's going to be the younger, more progressive. Um, yeah. Who are going to make, make a difference. Like a lot of the European, some of the European ones, uh, good old uh, Jacinta Hearn over in New Zealand. Can we move there now? Um, um, or just supplant her and bring her here. We should kidnap her and stick her in Parliament. And go right. You're here now. Do your thing. Sort this shit out. And go home, <laughs> please. And please. then just it just just somehow slip Scott Morrison into the background. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Just fade out. Um, yeah, I think I think within terms, she's great. 
and I love her social media presence because she is like a mum to everyone on social media to like has cabinet meetings, but then goes out and posts something on Instagram and goes, yeah. Oh, I've, I've done this for my kids. And also I'm talking yeah, about exactly. This. And the thing is her social media presence isn't, um, uh, a belligerent thing like Trump's was. Oh, it's God. just, it's, it's normal. Yeah. I think it's also like, that's why I, I think it's the, I think it's the thing. It, she shows herself to be a normal person. She's not a, a ruler. She's not a, a king or a queen or an emperor or an empress. She's just, an elected official. Yeah. And it's also like she she talks about like her family and stuff. She ta- she makes her very human. Mm. Um, That's the key. I know. I know. So where she got it right, everyone else got it wrong. I know. Um, like I've always thought any country that comes up with a, uh, either a person or a rule that is like a, a, a huge improvement, it should be the benchmark for everywhere else on earth. Yeah, I know. Um, I think the best, I think the best thing we had recently and, you know, I was in... I really like Turnbull, Malcolm Turnbull. I think he did a lot of things when he was trying to do them right with barriers in his way. I think there were some elements he was trying to do right. Same with John Howard. I don't, you know, 11 years, long time for Mr. Howard, but he did he did stop us having guns legally and have access to guns. Yeah, that's a good And thing. I think that after the Port Arthur massacre, that's the best thing. Like you compare us to America and how safe we are in comparison that's the thing. We were pretty safe before then, but then the, the big nasty happened, and they just went, "Oh well, that's you know kind of shit. Let's um, stop that now." Yeah, done. Thank uh, you. Move on. Yeah, and and there was no qualms. There was no questions. There was just like, "All right, that's the thing." Yeah. Um, and I think the same with Turnbull. There was like there was part of his campaign was also to you know do the postal vote and everything, hmm. which I remember when everyone said, oh, that's such a dumb thing. And I was like, it is such a dumb thing. Like, why are we doing a postal white when I just make it approval? But I think part of the the problem was the people behind him as well, mm. which was just going, we can't do that. That'll make everyone have a, like, just hate us even more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so everyone needs to have a say. Um, so when, it, and it was such a controversial thing as well because it was like whether you voted yes or whether you voted no or whether you didn't vote at all. Like, you know, there, but I think it was like 60% of Australia or something like 64% mm. said yes. There was still a huge percentage that said no. Mm. Um, but I think it is very interesting because people, you know, it it really showed. It didn't show a divide, but it really showed that there were some people with just a lack of understanding or belief in faith and everything that prevented. I think, you know, and a lot of politics rely on faith and a lot and religion still, which I think is a ridiculous thing to rely on. Because, and no offense to anyone who's religious or anything, I think that religion should never be part of politics. No. Um, Take the, you know, because we're not kings and queens anymore. We're not like rulers where it was the church that ran the country. Mm. The church has no impact in Australia. It's the, in fact, the queen really doesn't have an impact in Australia. Commonwealth really does bugger all here. Um, so, and it's funny because we go goo goo gaga over every time like Harry or Meghan or someone comes over here. And I think, um, I think like Prince Charles, who I actually quite like, was so forward thinking in terms of like, I don't give a fuck about the royal family. I just want to be a good leader was probably the best thing because he just went, I need to learn about the people rather than be like, I as a ruler. And, you know, like what's your thoughts, I guess, on all of that like political and like, you know, social madness? So say the question again. <laughs> <What's>, uh, 
<laughs> he was just listening to me, people. <laughs> he was like, he's talking and I'm going to just... I'm going to fade away. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, the question, the question was like, you know, we've got all these political leaders and a lot of like, but there are forward thinking like, you know, people like Prince Charles and everything who aren't part of like, mm. like and Jacinda, I'd probably rate Jacinda higher than Charles, but... Um, I think in terms of like, do you think we're going in the better direction in terms oh, of there so we go. In, in society? <laughs> there we go. We'll distract <laughs> that question from the mix. Uh, yeah, needed to distill to that one. Um, yeah. Sorry, I got there. I, no, I, I think we are going in the right direction. It's just a matter of um, well, the path we take to get there. Hopefully it's not a, a rocky one or an explodey one. I'd like it to be reasonably smooth. Yeah, yeah. Like what? Like a hilly... Yeah, like a little hill, some rocks here, a bit of a ditch. A bit of a ditch. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, you know, a little bridge. You have to build a bridge, you know, put your your coat down for a woman to walk across it, that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, like, I think we're going the right direction. It's just 2020 and what's going to come out of it um, Mm. on the world stage is going to dictate where we move forward into this 21st century. Yeah. And like 2021. What what do you what's your opinion actually? Because this is interesting to me. What's your opinion of like the the shifting years? Because um, like everyone oh. goes, we're defined by years that happen, and I feel like in my perspective, that's not entirely true. We're just no. defined by events. Yeah, pretty much. Um, years don't matter. It's just the events around those years. Yeah. Um, like twenty twenty was a shit show, and a lot of stuff came out of that. But that's the thing. Um, now twenty twenty one, we get to look at that, learn, and see what's going on, and yeah. move forward. Um, like the whole thing with the, the Australia and the, the China trade war, um, and China itself just basically being a dick. Um, <laughs> I, I don't get it. Like it's 2021. Why do we have leaders of the world that are still? Oh, we need more land, and we actually need to do the, the takeover thing. Like, no, just shut up and lead. Stop being a dictator and lead your people. That's the point of being a leader. How have we not learned that yet? But isn't the leader of Brazil like a dictator as well? Yes. yes yeah. he's, he's a complete douchebag. Because <laughs> didn't he get COVID and like just go, I don't see it as a thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, he was just one of those people who managed to get over it. And that's fair enough. A lot of people have, but a lot of people haven't as well. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be with us for a long damn time. Even if we get a vaccine in the next 10 minutes, Um Distributing it to everybody, making sure uh, everybody, well, most people on the planet get it, um, and then get the immunity actually up and build it up in your system. Yeah. It's a virus. It's going to be around for forever, even mm. with a vaccine. Yeah, I think. So this is the new normal we have to get used to being. We have to accept COVID as a thing because it's going to be part of the world for a damn long time. Yeah. We, we, we can't just control deleted off of the place i think i think we might a, eventually but it's not going to be for a fucking long time no and i think the thing like you know people talk about yeah i, I agree with you and i think the thing is being living in fear with it is the wrong approach like it sucks it's you just got to work around the, yeah, exactly exactly um, i think the early days of uh, turning up were the uh with the most fearful because nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Yeah. And I know that um, there was a, on a personal level, uh, there was a little like a litmus test uh, on that when uh, my, my wife's aunt was over here visiting us from Brazil. Very lovely lady. Um, uh, and COVID hit and, and she was she was literally in tears terrified of going home. 
not because Brazil was a, a shit show. It hadn't got to that point at that at that stage. Uh, it was going down that road, but hadn't gone full bore. Yeah. But nobody knew what the fuck was going on what, yeah. or what COVID was all, all about. As she she was she was stranded with us for about three months, which was fine. She was super lovely, and if everyone was going to be stranded with us, I'm so glad it was her because she's like a really really cool person. Yeah. Um. But then it got to a point where she could go home, and she was more comfortable with that. So she was like, "Yes, okay, I now want to. I don't just want to go home. I'm happy to go home." Yeah. And that was the thing that everyone was learning more about it, and in those those intervening months, the education was there to, to take some of the edge of the fear away. Mm. Um, and that's what people have to sort of like take on board instead of remaining fearful of the thing. Yeah. And I think like at the moment, you know, where we talk about, you know, like we were going to do some stuff in January and now it's kind of like been delayed, which is fine. I yeah, think, exactly. um, but I know that it's just because of the North, it, the only reason it was delayed as well, because of the Northern beaches spike, but in terms of just keeping it under control, once that's reduced, we can go back to doing stuff. Like mm. it doesn't take long. It's just long as it's in that kind of base, you know, just line of it not having massive increases and then decreases. Yeah. It's just keeping an eye on that. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the flattening the curve isn't removing the curve. You've got to get it down to a point where it's because the, the curve is going to be there. It, it's it's not going to disappear to down to zero and go, right, that's not a curve anymore. No. Yeah. The curve is always going to be there. We just don't want to spike anymore. Yeah. Be smart. But I think it's also like people live in the, like are just going, oh, I'm not going to go anywhere until it's a vaccine or I'm not going to leave or I'm yeah. not going to sing. And, and, it, and then there's a reverse of that and people who just don't care and I'm going to go places and then that's how it all spreads and yeah. spikes again. Just we need that middle road. <laughs> no. It's like, okay, well, you know, and that's why like theatres, you know, cinemas and theatres have done now sessions where they're quite spaced apart. Yes. There's like four showings of a movie now or something. Like if it's a popular movie, I think there's five. Yeah, and which is good because like I remember early on, like uh, maybe three or four months ago, a movie, I can't remember what movie it was, but something came out and I was like, oh, I really want to go and see that. I am not. I was Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted yeah. uh, faced the music. It's a brilliant movie. Um, loved every second of that. Um, but I was not prepared to go to the movies at that point. Now I am, like for my yeah. birthday, um, when we went off and see saw Wonder Woman eighty four, oh, which again I enjoyed. Good um, film. Uh, it was a good film. Um, not perfect, but good. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be perfect. Nothing has um, to be perfect, people. Uh, I know, but I, I, I did, and I did the same. I went to go and see it. Um, but now, and now, what are your thoughts on them saying you have to wear a mask now in the theater as well? Um, in a highly ventilated oh. room. Yeah. Uh, Didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, um, so apparently theaters do like film theaters now recommend to... it. Okay, I don't. I don't know how it implies with you eating snacks and stuff. I think that's the thing. Uh, it's going to be a. I understand the reasoning behind it, and fair enough. If every, everyone's practicing fairly, you know, safe mm. distancing and stuff, okay. Because otherwise, especially with the the the, the downturn in bums on seats. They've got to make their money from the snack bars. That's the, that's the point of the f f cinemas these days. Um, so not being able to eat will really well. Could, you could see the end of cinema. Yeah, I know, and that's and kind of for me. I'm still surprised we haven't seen the re-emergence re of uh, driving cinemas yet. That, that has I, to be a thing. I wish I had money. I would. I'd invent one now. I know, right? Can I just say, driving cinemas would be acing it right now because everyone have their own box. They exactly. wouldn't be able to leave. That's it. Um, I think. Yeah, for me, COVID doesn't worry me as much as it did. It worries like worries me for my friend's sake, mm. but as, as a personal sake, I just have to be careful. Like that's it. I've got you know two parents who are in their sixties, and for that, 
That's yeah. the only reason I'm careful. Exactly. And I've got to be uh, likewise careful. I've got like a, an aunt who's in the in that age bracket, um, but also, and I know little kids don't necessarily have issues with it, but because Oliver has potential respiratory issues because of his um, Down syndrome, um, he has more of a risk of that. Mm. So I've just got to be careful with that as well. Yeah. And I think that's like, um, it's interesting that it like, you know, um, that that's kind of like also, you know, you know, people, I know people with autoimmune diseases who are still going out. I'm like, why? Mm. Like mm. you're going to high risk areas. You are more likely to get sick and get really affected by this than most people. And mm. I get you have to work, but just say, look, I've got an autoimmune disease. So I don't think this is that, like I should go. It doesn't mean people are going to be like, oh, I'll never employ you again. It's going to be like, oh, that's fair. Um, it should be like that, yeah. I can, I got a, I'm amused at the – not amused, but it's essentially <laughs> that the, uh, my local RSL um, has a guy, really nice guy, who, oddly enough, the wife and I met through Pokemon Go. Um, can I just say respect there? Thank you. I know. It's weird. Um, but anyway, he, he, he was uh, – at the time we met him, he was uh, – severe respiratory issues. Mm. Uh, this is like way before COVID. It was, just, it was a thing. It was a big thing for him. And he went through a double lung transplant. So he's now a huge risk of all of this stuff. But the RSL has been very good to him, um, kept him on the books. Uh, he still comes and works every now and again. And everybody is like, this, the club is on top of it. They, they, they are one of the, like, I would say there's like a benchmark level of uh, management there. Wow. Yeah, I was very impressed by the whole dealio. So every now and again, we still see him working there. And if he can't because something's gone sideways or his health has deteriorated for other reasons, they're still happy to have him there just doing his thing. Wow. That's yeah. really good. It is. I the, More workplaces need to stand up their game on that. I think I think the problem also is a lot of lot of workplaces just don't know what to do. They're just oh, like, very much so. Meh. I was surprised to find out that Australia is lagging in the whole work from home thing. I thought we were right onto yeah. it. Um, but then again, I'm, I'm lucky that my workplace was is very progressive, and they were onto it early, and they're and they're brilliant about it. Yeah, and you you work from home. Yeah, I work from home now, which is yeah, I which love. Is, yeah, it's the best. Um, <laughs> then I might need to go back for a day a week every now and again once things are up and yeah uh, a bit more up to speed, and the the company's got more technology to accommodate that. But, um, but for now, it's uh, working from home and brilliant. Yeah, and I mean, like, the, that's kind of the thing. My mom does that as well, and this is, like, hopefully her last year that she has to work before she retires. But, um, yeah, I think for her it was a nice, like, early retirement present mm. because she's just taken this year and going, yeah, oh. I get to spend more time with my husband. I get to see him more. Because there was a lot of thing where dad would work from home because he was a photographer. So when I was a kid, he would either be on trips, but now because he can't take any trips and they can't go anywhere, I think the thing is it's just like they're really happy to have their time together. Yeah, that's actually um, kind of cool. That's yeah. a nice little, yeah, if you're going to retire, that's the way to do it. Yeah, and I think um, uh, they're, you know, planning trips. Like they went to Adelaide not that long ago when you were allowed to, and then they got back and then everything shut down again. So I, I know. So they think they felt a little bit good that they got out of the state. Um, but they've cancelled plans for next year, obviously. They're kind of hoping. Or even this year. Yeah, I know. They've gotten – oh, yeah, sorry. This – I still think it's 2020. <laughs> it really doesn't Don't joke. think that. It's not it's – 2020 is gone. <laughs> 20, Jesus. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think like in terms of my fear of that, I think it's really interesting as well because I've not let COVID stop me in any creative way. I have known so many people who've let this 
COVID life or this new thing affect them in lots of different ways. And I think like, obviously you and I, as we're both creative people as well, we kind of just went like, especially with the whole Doctor Who stuff that we do, mm. I was just like, hey, we're in a kind of like weird bubble. Why don't we just do audio or we can do like, you know, let's let's not limit ourselves to what we can do. Let's let's do let's just do so, as much as we, we can. can. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Like I was taking the time from uh, commuting to and from work, um, and and my lunch hours uh, to get stuck into my stuff so that I could get my IP up and running. And yeah, now I'm I'm very happy with where it is, and now I'm starting to look and maybe fish around and try and find a, a contract with somebody. Which be nice. which this is the Barry Beer. The Barry Beer, yeah. Can I? And I will talk a bit about Barry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Barry Beer and Down syndrome is going to be exciting. It's, uh, well, we're just going <laughs> to <laughs> look. It's very educational. Um, so I think the, the funny thing is also like Barry Beer was my introduction to you pretty early on in our friendship. Was it like, was yeah, yeah. And I think it was like because um, we we knew each we knew of each other prior to a film that we did. Uh, called customer service, but yes. we became friends because of that. Yes. Um, but I remember talking to you on set and you were like, I had nothing to do. And you were just like, check out my drawings. I was like, this is cool. And the way to describe is all these like little cute animated characters are of alcoholic beverages. Yeah, basically. Picture, uh, picture uh, the Mr. Men or cars from Disney. Uh, um, but instead of cars, it's all glasses and drinks and beverages yeah, and yeah but they also have stories like yeah, they have stories yeah. and there's a drinking game included no oh, yeah uh which i want to play <laughs> it's a very deadly one but um uh i think that's really cool because you've given them all like how long have you been working on that Ooh, i see so i've been doing uh comics and things for a couple of decades now since about the 2000s more or less um so when you were in your 30s Fuck yeah. That's that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, just wind the time back. Yeah, wind the time back. Um, and, and look, we, we had fun, uh, me and uh, the guys of, uh, at, th at that point, Foolproof Comics, uh, coming up with our, our, our characters. And in industry, uh, I was never really a big industry person, like doing all the little chats and talking and hanging out with people in the comic industry. Um, but it hit a, hit a nerve at the time for a little while and, and it was fun. We had people like contributing and uh it was good i, I enjoyed it uh we helped come up with uh, australia's first little comic crossover with different um companies and things hmm. um uh, my guys were the suburbanites oh yes which yes. i know the characters of which i love there you go i do like the suburbanites i did a little short film myself which uh, got a little award here and there um but um this petered out naturally because i didn't have the time with the resources yeah um, and of course australia doesn't have the population to really get behind its own comic stuff it doesn't really have the time or to, like i don't know why it doesn't have the inclination for it we've had stuff uh, we had a golden age back in the 40s and 50s where no 30s and 40s sorry where we outsold like dc because it was all, all formative yeah um and then the died and then we had a, a sort of a silver age in the sort of late 80s early 90s we, we, we did uh, we had a, a, a good bunch of Aussie comics at that point and again they all sort of just died a couple of hung on out of mm. just determinedness um, and maybe the early 2000s there was a little, little bit of a, an, an increase here and there yeah um, but now it's just back to the standard you know you, you go to the comic conventions and the uh, artist alleys are full of people who are drawing their version of a regular character 
in chibi form or made, made out of bottle caps or something ridiculous, uh, and a handful of actual traders that they come and go because nobody really gives a shit, which is a shame because we have such a rich tapestry of creative yeah. stuff out there. You'd think even like having Australian content on TV programming and stuff or streaming content, they'd look at some of our characters and go, hey, you know what, that'd be cool as a series or that'd be great as a kid's cartoon or whatever the hell. Yeah. But anyway, I, that's the thing. So anyway, moving on, um, said year around the world, I gave everything, a, I was winding everything down, I'm not really giving a shit, uh, came back and I thought, oh, I haven't been doing this for a while, so I might uh, take another stab at it, but I want something fresh, I want something new, I want something to, that's different and unique. What have I got? What can I think of? I just happened to look at a thing I did way early on before I even started doing comics. It was this ridiculous adult Mr. Men poster of stupid, stupid characters. Uh, but the very first one was a, a little Mr. Beer dude. Um, and I thought, hey, you know what? He, he could have legs, figuratively, obviously, because literally he had legs. Um, so I lifted him out. I drew one story of the beer and then I figured, well, why not? The ladies like the wine. Let's do a Wendy wine. Mm. At that point, Little Miss Wine. Um, oh, it was a Little Miss Wine. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was Mr. Beam, Little Miss Wine. So I did those, went to a little uh, convention in Wollongong, the Comic Gong down there, um, and I, I'd sold out. I'd made more money in that six-hour time frame than I had in my entire career of selling my little comics. And I was like, huh, it seems a strange like a drink, huh? Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? So I got really inspired by that, and I came up with the rest of the, the, rest of the cast, um, and then the stories for 20 books, uh, the board game, the drinking games, blah, 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 blah. And I've been slowly plotting away at that f since 2016, so the last four years. Which, can I just say, is fantastic having seen the illustrations. Thank you. I'm very happy with that. Um, uh, I managed to get an excellent friend of mine uh, over in Jamaica uh, to tidy up some of the cover images so that mm. they all tie nice together. Um, yeah, and got a full IP going. So I'm just sitting here ready to rumble, trying to look for things. And yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with how they came out. They were fun to do, fun to draw, fun to write. Uh, I usually give them to the people who don't do no, no comics very well. Um, and yes. most of them have got a chuckle out of it. Yes, which, you know, I, which is the thing. I think it's like for me, um, I like the, I like a drink. Australians, huh? That we love drinks. Um, but I think with in terms of characters like Mr. Men, um, I grew up with That's the thing. And I, I wanted to look like what you grew up with. Like there's a big thing now with like adult stories that it looked like a kid's book. Yeah. Um, like you've got your very hungry zombie, um, the very thirsty vampire, um, and other things along those lines. Um but yeah, I, so it's got the look and the feel, but after you get past the little story, all of which end poorly because of um, alcohol, basically. <laughs> um, so they will have the message, drink responsibly, people. Um, but also don't if exactly, you don't want to. Exactly, like, exactly. Just um, remember it will yeah, end up with like, hospitals. You've got jokes, you've got the cast members, but I also try to give extra content. So Barry Beer has all the drinking games he plays in the in the story. Yeah. Uh, Wendy Wine has an actual beginner's guide to wine. Um, that's oh, really? Thing. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, So in, and a lot of others just have a whole bunch of recipes based on the characters, uh, especially in like the... Uh, the cocktail time machine. Yeah. That's all. There's heaps of cocktails in there. Your daiquiris, your Manhattans, all that sort of stuff. Which I love a Manhattan. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, just dicking about with all that has been a blast. But I mean, like, you've been doing a, a nine to five job for eons. Yes. As well. Um, which I think, as a creator, and as well as like, and I think the thing is, it's also like you talk about it being dicking around and kind of like, 
um, almost faffing about of like ideas. Mm. Uh, that's kind of how we create. It is. It, it's a literally like um, going, hey, I have this idea. Let's see if we can do anything with it. Exactly. Um, and I tried a couple between uh, Suburban Nights and um, Barry um, and I thought they were funny. I thought they would work. Yeah. They didn't. They failed. Um, wasted money printing them up. So whatever. They get recycled. I, yeah. And I think the thing, like it's what I say to any artist, like – yeah, art is tough. It's sort of like, um, you know, a lot of it is just you going, oh, that's cool. Um, and and seeing how many people think it's cool back. But I think a lot of like, um, a lot of, you know, like, you know, because I, I really like Suburban Nights. I would love to, you know, turn Suburban Nights into a radio play because I think that would be fab. Um, because I know like, uh, you know, I think uh, I got really obsessed with radio, which obviously because of podcasting as well. Um, but I think uh, in terms of that, there's also just you can do something in a day. And I think it's because yeah. it's so it's so nice, it's so quick, and it relies on people's enthusiasm that when you get that enthusiasm coming across in a, in a narrative sense or in a fun sense, people get very excited. Mm. And I think it's also because we, you know, we talk about commutes and we talk about like downtimes and everything. Um, people love... Uh, looking at other people's work. And I think that's kind of like, but also being involved with art and stuff. So I think a lot of that is um, the excitement I get from, you know, you know, watching you do stuff and, you know, like seeing you create stuff. It's like, ooh, I get to mm. kind of like watch this develop. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because, you know, also as a as a social media presence you don't have like a huge social no you, I, I am planning to do that once i get the, everything up up to speed and, and pu start pushing it on instagram or facebook but yeah that's a work as, as a work in progress i'll probably do this to year 2021 yeah i mean like the, the funny thing is like if anyone follows tony's instagram it is uh just uh kind of bits and pieces but it's, it's it was very bits and pieces because i never really gave a shit about instagram um originally um, I started doing Instagram simply because I did my one year around the planet and that was going to be – I planned a whole thing for that, like around the world in 180 stays. It was going to oh, be a whole – Oh, is that why it's called that? That's why it's called that, yeah. Um, I planned – like I did some little videos and things. I didn't have any – I didn't have the uh, money or knowledge of, of having the, the gimbals so it could be shaky-free, so all my videos are a bit shit. And I wanted to do a whole documentary series and educational thing and – it's just sitting there. I could still could I could still probably pull it out and do it because I've still got all the yeah. all my notes, all my all the information is, exists on the web, so I could pull it out and go and I did this because of the reasons, yeah, um, and the footage and stuff. But it's definitely backburnered because life yeah. and this new thing is going to be my thing. I think. I think so as well. Like I think um, in terms of like, I think what's exciting um, as well with it is seeing like. Because you've been talking about Barry, um, Barry Beer and all that for probably a few years now. Oh, yeah. Which, um, you know, once it's all kind of in the knowledge, you know, it, it's kind of also, I think, with the illustrations and everything, it does feel like, you know, collectibles. It does feel like you can get these things. Like mm. there's a there's a huge um, sort of nostalgia as well, I think, for a lot of things that feel like you're a kid again. Yes. And this does feel exactly. a lot like that. That's right. Uh, like your naughty children sitting there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's not – I didn't plan it specifically to go down that road, but it is on that road. Yeah. I I, th I think it's great. Um, I, I think it's also like, you know, with within terms of doing – 
any art. You've just got to be like, hey, this is my groove. This is like what I want to do. And yeah, exactly, think- exactly. And not care about the outset. Like, if I don't get a contract from this, I'm enjoying the shit out of it, and this is going to be my thing for a while. Yeah. Um, if I do, it's even better. I, I, it's so funny because I think people just go. <gasps> Um, yeah, and yeah, exactly. They, 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 they whine and complain that I put all this effort in, right? I'm not getting anything back. Yeah, that's not the thing. If if you put the effort in, and you're not in, not you, you've taken the fun out of it. Yeah, then that's going to show, and I think that's why people get uh, don't go anywhere. If you keep at it, like what was it J.K. Rowling, whatever had like how many hundred or thousand rejections, whatever. But yeah, her heart was in it, and she still loved it. And here we are, Harry Potter yeah. universe. Um, <laughs> you just got to love doing it and not give a shit about what people think. Uh, yeah, and it's it, unless it's good at, like actual creative criticism, like you know, you should probably remove the uh, the n word from that bit or whatever. Yeah, then you should probably do that. But um, um, yeah, if you just keep it fun, if you keep it fun for yourself, it'll be fun for other people. Yeah, it's interesting as well because we talk about like um, you know, that whole aspect of like you know, you keep it fun, you keep it like um. You know, it's funny that I mentioned the N-word because all these films now that are actually so old have warnings now that mm. this was made in a period of time where this was more acceptable. Like it's really interesting because it's but just – But that's good. I, I prefer yeah. that. Instead of trying to delete it, yes, say, no, no, this was made during the period where it was okay, be aware. Yes. That's what you need to do. Because then I feel like it, it, it educates you in an era. Yes. A, one, because – um, that's like why I go to, you know, everyone's like, oh, the atrocities. I think that this is my terms of the PC culture. I think we educating people, um, is a great thing. So having these warnings above films where it was like, this was made in a time where it was not, you know, like mm. this was socially acceptable and stuff. People then just go, oh, okay. I will watch this at free leisure and enjoy it for what it was. Yes. Um, but you don't – I've never gone into a film and been like, they can't say that. I'm like, it was made hundred like 50 years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They can say that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, like I managed to – I was waiting for something to load on the computer the other day and managed to pull something off the bookshelf, which was a comedy. Oh, you can't see my uh, little fingers yeah, yeah, doing but the air quotes. Like, the comedy book from about early 1900s, maybe the late 1800s. <sighs> it's super old. It is not funny. And it is as racist as fuck. But I was like – Okay. Uh, well, you know, I, I understand that this was made at that time. But damn. <laughs> and put that back on the shelf and just ignored it for a while because it's still a cool looking old book. But yeah, like, no. Yeah, it's um, it's funny how. how you can't just delete the history. You've got to no, be aware like, of it and learn from it. That's like the Sean Connery, James Bond era, where he like, did the whole. Um, Asian Japanese look. Oh, when he yeah. went to, and they put him in like short hair, <laughs> yeah. and it looks it looks so racist. Like James Bond, anything sixties and seventies, and even probably like eighties was quite racist mm. um, and very sexist and very sexist. But it is interesting to watch because um, it's just it really feels like a product of its time. That's the thing. It was a product of its time, and the original books were very much that. Like. The I think the older ones are more faithful to how the kind of oh, was it James James Fleming Fleming yeah um, yeah, yeah Fleming wrote them um, Ian Fleming sorry Ian Fleming Ian Fleming um, wrote them and I was just uh, like always watching them and going God he's an asshole because in real life Ian Fleming was an asshole he wasn't mm. a really nice man but a lot of it um, 
kind of extracted from his own experiences as well and kind of like this suave character was just an extrapolation of probably a little bit how he saw himself mm. <laughs> um but yeah i always find it funny because it's like you watch this product and you just go you have to always be like i can't hate this now it's like with kevin spacey films everyone goes i can't watch kevin spacey films i can I yeah. just choose to not think about him personally. Yeah. Like I ha- because one of my one of my favorite films is Baby Driver. Um another one is 7 and he's in that. Like he has had really good roles. It, although you have never seen a career plummet so fast after a court case coming out that he he did um inappropriate stuff with people than that mm. because he, he just disappeared almost overnight. He did. Um and that, that was like, yeah, that was crazy. Like it was like an asteroid hitting the planet. <laughs> it's like, bye. Yeah, he created a crater just over a, over a buried set of caves and disappeared. Yeah, and I think that like a lot more people are coming out now and mm. saying like the Craig McLaughlin thing and you know oh, um, yeah. Weinstein and stuff. Like, he, it's interesting with the Craig McLaughlin as well because there was no everyone who came out, but they didn't win the court case. Like he won. And he just went, oh, there's nothing going to happen. But his career is still damaged. Like yeah. it's, he's not getting work anymore. Exactly. If anyone works with him, I think there's going to be an uproar um, because he's so thoroughly disliked now. But it, it's interesting because you can still watch the shows they're in. Mm. You just always like, I think the thing is audiences, because we have such public knowledge now, people's personal lives, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Like it's, it's I'm not commending anyone for doing inappropriate stuff in the mm. workplace because I think what they're doing is awful and should be criminalized and stuff. But I think that not knowing profile-wise when you watch a film, you shouldn't judge someone being like, I liked a Kevin Spacey film and just be like, oh, but there's an arsehole. It's like they're allowed to like that film yeah. because it's a product. Like it, I don't think we should blame them for that, liking yes, exactly. that particular property. So it, it, it's very you know even that is controversial because people think that some people believe that once you've kind of been blacklisted you shouldn't associate or even have exactly. any but i think that's terrible because that also detracts from the other people who were part of those films and projects who were great yes like i, I love useful suspects yes great great film kevin space is in it okay still a good damn good film one, yeah. of, the, one of the best twins twist endings uh, ever yes which i just think is you make you go oh shit yeah <laughs> exactly um but that's the thing. He was a he was a really good actor, mm. um, and uh, he played some really damn good villains. So it's you know there's there's all these kind of things um, that I think, and the same with J.K. Rowling that she's come out and uh, s- said stuff about trans people, mm. and the fan community just goes, you know, like screw you. And I, I totally agree with them. She shouldn't be saying and any of those things, especially because she's so high profile. It just would be damage and reputation. But I think now that she's not withdrawing it, I'm like, good luck getting new fans coming on board who lo- and also good luck getting all those trans people that were fans of your books hmm. now liking your stuff. Yeah. Like you have alienated yourself as the writer hmm. of this. But I, I think everyone's going to look at those films and those books early on and still like them. I think they're just going to remove the JK element and say she's not a nice person, but I like the work that she did. Yes. Um, and... I, it's interesting because none of the actors agreed with her either, which it, it's very interesting. They all kind of like stood up and said, no, um, I don't agree with anything that she's saying and I do not, I'm not a part of that. Mm. So it's, it's situations like that often occur. Um, and it's interesting because you always have to play like, I think, it, you know, I don't give a bullshit like kind of thing or, you know, you son of sit in this weird wavering line 
of like, do I care or do I not care? And I, th- I think also with J.K. Rowling, she's, she, you know, she started out in such a shitty place and now she's made million dollars, uh, you know, billions of dollars. And I think that she, it's almost like power's just gone to her head a little bit and just like shut shut up just pretend you're not just like trump don't have twitter (laughs) pretty much pretty much um but that's what peter davison did when um jody whitaker was announced he was like i don't think there should be a female doctor i don't hate him for saying that i think he he's entitled to his opinion entitled to his opinion um and he said i'm leaving twitter because it's so toxic now i was like fair enough Hmm? because you had an opinion no one agree with it that's fair like you leave and he he is actually a really nice man. I have no issues with it. Mm. He doesn't agree that the Doctor should be a woman, but he's not going to criticize the show for doing it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I got to say, I was in a similar mindset when it was announced, but I was open to the concept until I like I said, okay, I'm going to technically agree with that, but let's see what the the how they how they pull it off, and they pulled it off well. Mm. So now it's fine. I'm happy with that. Yeah, and I think it's like um, if it pulled off poorly, would have gone ah, see, <laughs> you didn't like. Yeah. That's what Tom Baker said as well. He said in an interview, he was like, "If it doesn't work, they should pull out. Yeah. Like they should just change it back because mm. it wasn't the idea that they thought it would be." But um, but it she's, worked, so she's great. Yeah, and she's had two seasons and so, about to have a third. So have a third and final. I think she's well. You know, BBC haven't said anything yet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. This is why I'm holding you to. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're posting things on Facebook and, I'm sorry. and I'm just like, turn it. <laughs> um, look, I'm, I hope she has a fourth season because I, I think that the pandemic is really like bugging it for eight episodes this year. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and I think also because uh, they've just recently announced John Bishop as the new companion, uh, the comedian, UK comedian, and. I want her to have a good season because I really liked I liked the last two seasons that she had. Mm. I didn't think every episode was perfect. I think they had some dud ones. But they with every, every show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but I think some of my favorite episodes are from her era. And I think also they. this is the first time Doctor Who has actually felt like a period episodes. Like when you're in the episode, they feel like a period piece. Mm. They don't. And I think that's. Doctor Who's felt so cheap for so long that this kind of feels like because they're using really nice cameras and really nice lenses that you do feel like you're in these crummy kind of like quarters or you're in these sort of spaceships or you're, in, you're somewhere which is legit because I, I love the scope now of the show versus probably like what it was during its David Tennant or Christopher Eccleston area where they're always on Earth. Now they're kind of like almost anywhere. You could be on an alien planet or you could yeah. be like they've really upped their kind of like not always cosmic yeah um and i think also that they've the show has now proved that comedians can actually act Mm. um which you know like well they always have comedians have always been able to act fairly well a lot of comedians have have shown that over the years but it's difficult to get actors to be comedians yes um which i think i I think you know it's whereas chris hemsworth is a great example of he is quite funny um when he plays thor Uh, though i think that was taika waititi doing such a stellar job in Thor could be, could Ragnarok be. Um, as just comedy. And also just I think that people realised he could be funny. Mm. Um, whereas a lot of the time you just put a serious actor into a serious <laughs> and just do that. But anyway, let's talk. <laughs> we, I, I, I'm going to move us on topic. <laughs> we could talk about this all day. We could. Moving on. Well, the next thing is going to be Ollie and uh, we're going to talk a bit about... The, the uh, T21 Down Syndrome. Yeah. Right, well, cool. we're going to talk about... Uh, yeah, we're going to like talk, uh, you know, a range of topics about range disabilities. Of topics, yeah. Disabilities, but yeah. Um, how did that... How did you find out? Was it pretty early on? In- yeah. Um, with Oliver um, having the Down Syndrome thing, uh, we are, apart from being late stage parents, obviously having a baby at 50 is 
I thought I'd have grandkids at this point, not a kid, but here we are. Um, um, and Belle's like uh, in her late 30s. Um, and you have to have the tests to make yeah. sure shit's going so, um, on the right way. Um, and we had to go IV, um, which I won't bore you with the reasons, but we had to do IV. F, IVF. Oh, yeah, so then we get that. Uh, I know what you I know what you were to- yeah, talking yeah. about. I, IV just... is a thing in your arm. <laughs> IVF is a different thing. Anyway, so uh, we did that. We did the tests and it comes back with a whole uh, range of things um, and specifically tests for stuff like Down syndrome and other yeah. genetic disorders, uh-huh. uh, which I was completely unaware of apart from Down syndrome. I knew Down syndrome was a thing, but I didn't know there was I think it's three others. I couldn't tell you the d- names of them now. Um, and the other three are really fucking horrible. Oh, okay. So you got the luck one. Pretty much. Like uh, when I discovered uh, the, all, the, all, all, the other, all the other three are massive risks to uh, immediate fatality for the pregnant woman and or the fetus. Or if the fetus does uh, go to full term, uh, they have a stunningly short and incredibly painful life. Like we're talking weeks or months and then that's it. Wow! Yeah, I had no idea, and that 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 that, that really threw me that day. When it, when I found out it was just it was that just Down syndrome, I'm just like, that's fucking fine. <laughs> I'm happy with that. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> the others, fuck no. Yeah, fuck no. Yeah, that that would have I would not, I would have, I would have been a, an absolute mess. I would have yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, oh my god, that's yeah, so awful. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. Um, so yeah, no Down syndrome was uh, the the prognosis. We we just looked at each other and were like. And we're just going to keep the kid, aren't we? Yeah. Okay, good. Let's just move on. Because it's just Down syndrome. It's, it's not a problem. It's not a big issue. Right? No. Um, uh, there's some other, many other like disabilities out there you can get. Oh, there's just a stunning range of them. Autism. And, yeah. Um, ADHD, which is not necessarily a disability, but it's a, a different prognosis of things. Um, physical disabilities. Yeah. Um, paralysis and all those sorts of things. and. Range of stuff, so we were going to be pretty comfortable with whatever came up, but yeah, um, just Down syndrome was I, I thought was fairly decent, and it's also like, um, that that's the thing, it's like how much side of the spectrum you can either have severe Down syndrome or quite light, yes, you can. Uh, and the spectrum is it's, it's a weird thing, unlike uh, autism, where you've got the, the, the full stretched spectrum of like a mild to, to, to yeah, uh. For Down syndrome, uh, in my experience, from other people in the who have kids with this, uh, the, the mild to medium is is much is a much broader spectrum, and the the, the really um, hard uh, harder to manage um, high end stuff. It's much smaller and much rarer, but if it if you get it, it's 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 a bit, it's a big thing. It's a big deal. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that any makes any sense, but it did yeah, in my it head. Does. Okay. Yeah. And then- um, so the poor yeah, audiences so, at home might not understand, but I do. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> That's, I'm happy with that. Um, so, yeah, so we knew he was going to come along um, and we didn't know how much of it he was going to have. Um, it turns out he's got uh, a fairly mild case. He's, okay. he's hitting most of his milestones reasonably well. Uh, some of the physical uh, development isn't um, on point, but that is, it's, it's on point for Down syndrome. Um, so he has low muscle tone, so he's not walking yet, even though he should be, as if he was not not normal, a, a regularly birthed child. Let's yeah. go with that. Yes. Um, um, as as any like one with no disabilities or whatsoever. That one, that one there. Um, 
so yeah, but um, he's 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 doing he's doing lovely, and he's he's, he's fabulous and um, and happy all the time, and very yeah. rarely complains. He's very quiet, um, not in a bad way. He's he's a very very relaxed, chill kid. Um, and, but when he he's chatty, he's chatty. When he reacts and interacts, he's reactive and interactive. Yeah. Um, and recently, we went to a Czech presentation ceremony for the Right Start Foundation, of which I'm now a board member of. Um, to get uh, money for the charity um, and one of the people there was a woman who runs a local school for kids with disabilities mm. and she was watching Al Oliver because she knew what was going on and why he was there because that was the point of the entire evening. Uh, but she came up to us later and she was just like, he's not coming to my school, I can tell. He's, he's fine. He's going to go to a normal school and he's going to be integrated and he's going to cope with whatever the hell happens there. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so that was like, no, oh, that's it's nice to get a professional's opinion. Yeah. And we weren't expecting it because I, I didn't know a soul there apart from the guy presenting the check. <laughs> I think it's also like um, having grown up with people with Down syndrome and stuff. I was put, when I went to school, I was put into special ed classes and stuff. No. Um, because when you have ADHD, intensely, it, it is a learning disability. Um, it, you know, and, of much course, as- 20 years ago. The knowledge about it was a whole lot less than it is now. Yeah, it's I know. the same with Down syndrome. We'll get to that shortly. Um, it's and it's funny because you know I was born in '92, so um, I think when I was diagnosed, when I was about five, so early 2000s, uh, epilepsy and ADHD. So I had shortwave spike epilepsy, which is basically means that um, it was a very rare type, mm. um, and basically. Uh, your brain has occasionally like almost an electro storm happen through it and it just everything shoots off neurons in different ways. So I was I was very late to developing like social skills and understanding empathetic understanding and all these things. So my in terms of my emotional range was a lot slower. Like even hmm. um, even puberty was a, quite a bit slower for me. So I caught up with things like a lot later. So the funny thing is like, I felt more like an adult in my late 20s than I ever did in my early 20s. And that's probably also due to the all the late developments. Um, that's interesting. It's it's well, it's like, but when you get there and you understand it and you, you know, medicated and, you know, you have an understanding of it, I think like the one thing I notice about myself is when I talk about the hyperactive side of it, I get very ecstatic. I get very excited. So um, whether that's openly or stuff, I get very passionate very quickly and uh, there's kind of like a dopamine effect where you go, your dopamine level wants to remain quite high. Hmm. Um, so you kind of like bounce around all the things. But I remember in high school, um, because I had like, I was surrounded by all these people with special needs. I found that very stressful as well because I wanted to be one of the normal kids. Yeah. And um, a lot of that now kind of makes me go, I don't give a flying fuck um but back then it was such a big deal for me to be accepted in anything so like you know seeing kids now being much more accepted for who they are and their differences and everything Mm. is such a nice change in comparison oh it's huge like even the very very sweet um, backtrack to the trans thing um dc comics are doing a whole thing soon with the future state with the two month long thing of like potential future things with their universe, yada, yada, then go back to normal. But one of the characters is the, f- the first uh, trans character in a DC comic, and it's a mainstream character. It's a Flash. A Flash is going to be trans. Wow. Yeah. Interesting stuff. It's representation. Like, what, didn't they just introduce an Aboriginal um, character as well? Ah, that was a little while ago, yeah. Uh, he's uh, like a, a Aboriginal, th- like Thunder, uh, Aboriginal yeah. version of Thor, basically. Yeah, which I think. Which they- worked. It was really good. It was a good character. It wasn't a bad throwaway thing. It was just like 
well-developed, the, the language was appropriate, and he's a guy who's just Aboriginal and has superpowers. Yeah. I think it's like um, DC really do kind of like push the envelope and, you know, and they it's good that they've got so many modern writers now writing for their characters, which, you know, need to have that whole like push into the the, the next dimension almost um, of, you know, like these massive amount of characters that they've got. They're mm. plethora. And they shouldn't really linger on old characters that they've had for almost 100 years. Um, no, and uh, <laughs> they've just done a whole thing with the the death metal series, which has been um, damn fun to read, except for most of the ancillary one shots, which have just been appalling. Like, they had such potential to do some fun stuff, and they was went, oh, I dropped the ball. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but at the end of it, yeah, they, they decided that their whole all their previous crises and reality altering, tweaking, rebooting things. Uh, pointless and everything that they've ever done it matters it has existed will exist can be referenced can be used um and moving forward the new not, not multiverse but series of multiverse i um being an omniverse if you will of different kind of mm. things um yeah they can just now play with everything and just enjoy the shit out of doing comics with like different characters or takes on characters that are completely um different and define them in a new way i think it's very interesting that's great. Yeah. Moving uh, on. Back, back to the thing. Back <laughs> to the thing. But I, I, I think that's really cool. Mm. Um, back to kids being like in um, like, you know, special education and everything. I think it's also, it's nice to know that Ollie doesn't have to, I guess, not in a bad way, but it's it's definitely nice to know that it can go, you know, it, he'll be quite well accepted into. Yeah. And not just for him as well. Like other kids can get to learn more about kids with Down syndrome, which I think is also astonishingly vital. Yeah. One of the things with the Right Start Foundation is that they what, what they want to do for 2021, uh, apart from rebrand and push it forward a little bit and stop being being just like a stagnant charity, they want to do more educational stuff, um, is to educate kids more about Down syndrome. Yeah. Um, so every, and people in general know more about it. Like it's still people think, like you said before, uh, oh, it's a Down syndrome. Can I catch that? No, it's genetic unless you want to rewrite your DNA. Yeah. I don't think you can. <laughs> I really don't think so. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an educational thing. I think uh, introducing it to to kids and by default their parents um, can only benefit everybody, really. Yeah. Um, but now that everything's, everyone's more accepting for a whole bunch of different uh, abilities and um, points of view and aspects and um, gender identification. You'd hope so. Yeah, I think it's uh, it, it, we're make, making good steps in the right direction. I'm just still surprised it's taken us this long to get here. But yeah. hey, here we are. We're, we're here at last and we can start making some good changes. We could do progressive changes. Progressive changes, yeah. Because um, like even like 15, 10, 15, 10 years ago, like knowledge about uh, most of these um, various uh, different abilities was still very, very shady. And yeah. Unless you had to deal with it on a personal level. Nobody really knew. I remember them giving out a pamphlet when I was in year one after, yeah, year one and year two hmm. when I was like diagnosed and they just handed this pamphlet around trying to explain. My teacher did such a poor job of like explaining what epilepsy was and ADHD. And I just remember like no kid's really going to have an understanding and they all thought they could catch it. Like it was That's it was actually cool. like the, the first um, – year was so awful because i had to be on this thing called prednisone which basically made me gain a lot of weight so i was quite a small kid and then i became quite a large kid 
and I lost all my like all my confidence, everything, and just became very miserable uh, in primary school. And it was through no fault of just um, medication and everything. But I remember just being feeling really isolated and not mm. understood because I had this difference, and I was like, "Why?" Yeah. Now, education wise, it's like I have I completely understand that everyone's on like different. Uh, life uh, journeys and everyone has their own little thing. But I remember thinking at the time, it's like, my God, people, kids are awful. <laughs> they are. They, uh, they can be awful. And I think the getting the, the right level of education in there is, uh, is going to make, make, make the difference so that they are potentially less awful. Yeah. Unless they're just going to be dicks in general. I mean, you, you can't stop dicks in general. <laughs> you could try. Well, I mean, we haven't stopped Trump yet. There we go. But, but, <laughs> but that's where you get internet trolls. Anyway. Yeah, I know. Um, but I think... Also, you know, we, it comes down to parenting as well, which is, you know, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think the thing is like because you're educating yourself, you and Belle, and, you know, therefore also doing this sort of gender neutral upbringing with Ollie, I think that's so important because like, you know, most families don't have that. They kind of like. No, no. I think in a weird way, Oliver's very fortunate to be born in this era, but also with. And it sounds self-depreciating, appreciating, but uh, with me and Belle as parents, because yeah, like Belle, Belle is like a she's from Brazil, from a, a different uh, different culture. Uh, she's a biologist, so she's got knowledge out the wazoo and researches the crap out of absolutely everything. Um, and I'm just this artist guy who's a bit like more open to lots of different varieties of things yeah. than most people. Um, but together, that's a good combination to. A, have him brought up, but B, have other people know about it. Yeah. I think it's also with you, um, you know, saying you're the artist guy. I think that's underselling yourself because <laughs> um, it's also like you are just, you were very flamboyant yourself. You're kind of like um, very nerdy and everything, but you've also grown up or with, um, in, a, in a period of time where it was probably like a lot more people were just very like, close-minded and stuff and to keep that open-mindedness is is quite astonishing because you know obviously not everyone has a lot of uh you know a lot of 50 year olds as as we both know do Mm. not have that open-mindedness or anyone really past the age of probably 30 um you know you talk about Belbin in a different culture Mm. and everything i think like you know brazil is very funnily enough their um uh their president isn't but um Mm. but uh you know uh the culture is very open which is interesting yes it's, the culture is really open it's it's such a di- uh, a different divide but um like in terms of australian culture as well we do have a closed mindedness to a oh, degree no no we do we do because we've still got like um british colon- colonial mentality yeah um peppered with the uh, 50s america basically Whoa. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the fact that we're now starting to try sort of wake up and open up more um, and mm. maybe now the world will also look at the, the U- USA as a bit more of a joke because yeah. – like, no offence to anybody in America, but the the weird uh, dichotomy of like uh, being the greatest and, and the, the bestest and – no, again, it's 2021. You don't have to be the, the alpha male of anything. You don't have to be the best of whatever. You just have to be good. Yeah, and uh, if you can't let other people be good as well, or uh, see the faults in yourself, then that's not the best place to be. Um, like they've got the terrible, like healthcare and 
the whole tipping mentality where they don't have a base wage and they, yeah, they, they, they barely get any holidays. And that's, that's not a terribly progressive place to live. No, and everyone talks about it like being this wonderful land. Um, and I think that over the years I've kind of just gone, I love Australia in, in comparison to that. Yeah. Um, because it's still very sexist over there. It's still, you know, like, um, you know, it's just watching a lot of a lot of things on the way that everyone wants to be like this Hollywood or yeah, it's, blase. It's, it's, it's the Hollywood thing. And yeah, like they they did well enough to like get the um, country into its a way of thinking to have the last century be the American century. Yeah. Um, but you kind of can't rely on that now. It's not. It's not a. It's not a thing. It's. It's not a way to live. Um, no. So yeah, it's 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 a it's a weird thing that we're a weird place they're at. Um, hopefully they can like turn around as a people and like like learn for the for the from the mistakes and see the the, the flaws and go okay we, we should probably patch that up and and get better at that before we continue to you know pound our chests and proclaim to be the, Wait, the, the most amazing place on. Are you saying when, you're not a gorilla? Like, well, I think. No, no, my, my gorilla undies are in the wash. Oh, um, <laughs> that was such a dad joke. Yeah, it was. Um, but um, yeah, it seems a bit weird to be sort of like going, talking down on the entire country. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's not terrible, but some of the stuff that they have over there, it, it really needs to be improved before they can claim to be the greatest. Because yeah. they're really not. No, and I think it's a lot of. Um, Having met Americans and like some of them are really well educated mm. because they've gone overseas, they've seen other worlds. Like yes. they've, they've they've gone, I don't want to live this sheltered life. And it, and I want to say that the same as Australia. Because to be honest, people who have not traveled, and no offense to people who have not traveled, but there is so much benefic- um benefit to learn and educate yourself when you travel. And I think one of the best things I ever did, I went to um I went to the UK twice. Mm. Um, I've been to two non-English speaking countries by myself. I knew no English. Uh, sorry, I knew English, but I, <laughs> I didn't know German and I didn't know Swiss German. And Swiss German and German are very different, like in terms of how everyone in Switzerland, they talk a different kind of Germanic language. Yeah. So they Maybe like Portuguese in Portugal and Portuguese in Brazil. There's slight differences there. Yeah. it's And like the same in Spanish in Mexico and, yeah. and like in Spanish in Spain. Um, but when I went to like when I went to Spain and when I went to like um Germany and Switzerland, it was like the most eye-opening thing because, yeah, they're similar in styles and stuff, but I found like the cultures and everything and people were just so nice and not understanding everything was kind of a nice, refreshing oh, 100%. Um, wake-up call. And Agreed. Like when I did my thing, I started off in South America with, with my aunt. She'd always wanted to see South America and wasn't comfortable to go on her own as an older person. Uh, so I was like, sure, I've got to start my big thing somewhere. Let's stay there. So the, the, a lot of the stuff she picked – was very like there's lots, lots of tour guides. I didn't really get to, I got to see stuff, but didn't really get to uh, absorb culture very much. Yeah, but fine, that was the thing. Then I moved on uh, Mexico. I uh, was in there. I was there for, for a little while with, with some people, and that was like a, a, a bit of a, a, a different culture. But I'm aware of Mexico. Yeah. Uh, then U.S., England, Europe, um, and even Russia to an extent was uh, a weird standout because it was a very cool place, very lovely people, uh, but still again. Yeah, uh, like 
white yeah. white people, and you, you sort of know what's going on there more or less. Yeah. Even if you've got the culture. Once I started getting out of that into the into into the various um, Asian countries, uh, India and Africa, they're all very different culturally. I know Chinese food. I don't know Chinese culture. Yeah, getting there and 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 the language was so different, and so few people had a lot of English. Uh, whereas up until that point, the other other point, everywhere else there was English, um, and that was that was the they were the, they were the eye openers. They were the things that go, oh, okay, this is a thing. I got to sort of like try and understand people, be be understood by other people. That was yeah. that was the tricky part, and work things out. And it's it's good. It, it's a good thing. I understand not everybody can travel. Uh, but at least if you're aware of the culture uh, and I get 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 into like a local or you know a cultural week somewhere and, and sort of like pay attention to what's going on instead of just treating it as a, as a as a fun party it's probably beneficial. <laughs> yeah, because well, yeah, they are fun parties. But also, yeah. if you start looking at the cultural and the cultural differences and stuff, it's as, as a novelty. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, and I th- I agree a hundred percent behind that because I feel like I've been quite fortunate to be taken around by my dad um, to quite a few different places, and he's travelled a fair bit. And mum's been wanting to travel a fair bit, and they're going to like me and my brother have um, travelled a fair bit, but it's very. It's very educational because it's sort of like you do open your eyes up to a whole mm. bunch like um, uh, of immersing into the almost bizarreness of um, it all. But I think one of my favorite things, and it might bore the shit out of some people, but one of my favorite things is just walking through a city. Mm. It's like um, not knowing exactly where you're going but finding something along the way. It's like the most thrilling thing. Um, I, used oh, I to, agree with that. And I did that when I was in Madrid. And um, Madrid is awesome. Um, Valencia is okay, but Madrid is like an all-time amazing city. And when I was walking all of that, um, it just it was so like cold, but it was just worth every second. And I found like a garden, and I found like this glass tower stuff. And it was like I was on like no sleep, so I'd just gotten off the plane, so I was a little bit jet lagged. Like, and I was just like, oh my god, everything is so cool. And I did that for a few days, but I also like. Went to this Australia. Um, I went to this Bra- um, Brazilian restaurant, and they had like, um, like bar, like a small bar, and some Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. It was really nice. And the, I was paying for my meal, and the owner was like, "Oh, where are you from?" And I was like, "Oh, Australia." And he was like, "My girlfriend's from Australia." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And he was like, "Oh, go and get her, and like you two can chat." And I ended up staying there for like another three hours, just drinking <laughs> wine with them. It was like the nicest thing to have. And I ended up leaving at like twelve p.m. Yeah, uh, tw- sorry, twelve a.m. or something. Completely drunk, like hey, uh, but it was such a good night because I was like, um, just this sort of nice kind of how's Australia. She had been backpacking, um, and eventually like just kind of stayed there and started doing like, but she wasn't intending to originally stay there and she just landed and stuck around. So it was kind of like really cool to hear different people's different stories and like learn because they, they were just so enthusiastic. Yeah. 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 Um, I think one of the more memorable nights for my thing was um, wandering with a random dude from the hostel I was staying at in uh, Tokyo um, out to get, go, go to one of the, uh, the, the bathhouses mm-hmm. um, had dinner with an awesome noodle joint that was a hole in the wall somewhere that no one had never heard of best ever can i say hole in the walls in japan oh, oh so great. good left the left of the bathhouse 
like it's dark walking home um, down some random streets and the random streets in Tokyo are just weird because they all seem safe because there's all lights and vending machines everywhere. But anyway, I know. Th- there was these two super drunk old Japanese dudes <laughs> trying to talk to these two mildly drunk uh, European, I don't know what part of Europe, um, women who were backpacking. Uh, they Nobody understood a damn thing, but they invited us to join them. Uh, and we were there for hours not understanding what was going on, but <laughs> laughing our head off. <laughs> Good Lord, that was great. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Um, that's the only way to live. Yeah. Uh, Japan was full of that for me. Um, I'd love to go and do Japan again because I remember I rented a car. Ooh. So I was with my um, partner at the time. And we got a car because, you know, we wanted to see areas that you couldn't get to as easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I made I f- a point of doing that every, everywhere I went, yeah. trying to do one thing that is not on the books, yeah. off, off, the, off the grid. It, it's so worth it. There was a good, like one of my favorite um, places is called Mount Koya. And on the, on the mountain is like this graveyard. And it's just the most beautiful graveyard I've ever seen because it's like all these, you know, Japanese people know how to do like artistic looking graveyards. They yes. really do. Um and I think it's also like I just love Japanese culture. Like I have a few items from there, but I I fell in love with like the deer park as well, and um uh, and just all their old kind of like I went to so many towns and I just saw so many castles in awe of everything. But I remember going to this drive-in place and it was like kind of westerny, and I got this French toast. It was like the first meal I got, but I loved the way they did the system, which was you got a ticket. So you put your money into a slot, you got the ticket, that ticket then alerted the staff to what you wanted and you'd sit down and just hand. So basically, no, I think you had to hand them the ticket and then they bring it to where you were sitting. So you didn't even have to really speak to them. They'd build a system so efficient that like any tourist could just do it. It doesn't matter what you're supposed yeah. to. Yeah, it's and genius. I, and I think that's so clever because like we went to so many restaurants where, you know, some of them didn't know English at all. Mm. And I think one of the best ones was they didn't know English. And we ordered a meal, which was pasta and bacon and stuff. It was really nice. But I remember uh, my partner didn't eat bacon. She wasn't a huge fan and she couldn't read what it said. And I was like, nah, it doesn't matter. Like, I'll eat the bacon. You kind of like couldn't eat around it. But I just remember thinking that these people had clearly were the emptiest of restaurants. And the restaurant we wanted to go to was packed. So it was like, okay, we'll go to the empty one. Still really nice, like like funny moment of just going, huh, this yeah. is this is bizarre. Like, But they're really nice. They're just kind of like two locals going, we're trying to run a business and the Westerners come in and we don't know what to do. Yeah. They're like so used to locals because <laughs> they didn't have English menus at all. Oh, cool. Like, And I think that's always when I know I found a gem. Like I'm like, don't have an English menu because then I know that Western people have come here. If I don't find one. I'm in awe of the fact that nothing is in English because then I can just thrive off this, like the ludicrousy of it all. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And going back to your um, thing about the, uh, the, the being able to order the food with a ticket yeah. thing, uh, version of that that I found was uh, in Mexico City. Um, the public transport system yeah. is genius because it accommodates every language on earth <sighs> in, without having to do anything. It's low-key stuff. It's low-tech. But it works yeah. brilliant. Why and no one else does this is beyond me. Every single train station has a pictogram, a unique pictogram. So if you can't speak English, but you need know you need to go to the sailboat, you can yeah. read the, the train lines and know where to change. Now I have to change at the cannon and to get on the train line that takes me to the sailboat. It's just 
gold. You, you, don't, you don't have to know the name or be able to read Japanese to know, oh, I need, oh, good Lord, I'm here, am I here? I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm at that wheel and I need to <coughs> change over at that sailboat to get to the uh, lion over there. Genius. Yeah. It's just such a, a, a low-tech solution to a very, very simple problem. Oh, I just, I, I think people I love do. it. People do it way better than here. I know. It's uh, it just makes you want to live overseas. Not, although not when a pandemic like is literally thriving. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Just when it slows down, it's flatter. Um, God, it makes me. This makes me want to travel. Though, right? <laughs> Talked about travel. Is, yeah, I'm looking forward to showing some stuff to, to Oliver and Bell. Like Bell's traveled a fair bit. Yeah, but not to the same, not to the similar similar places, but not all of the places that I've been. And vice versa. Um, but, of course, Oliver hasn't seen a goddamn thing. No, he's too young. To exactly. The, the, the backyard is still new to him, so. <laughs> so cute. Um, I guess we should wrap things up because we have been talking for an hour and a half. Okay, cool. Um, Are you happy with that? I am happy with that. But I also, I, I love, I, look, I've loved every second. Good. Every conversation with you is like a, a <laughs> is a literal blast. Um, but no, I mean, like, you know, you're welcome to chat to me anytime. Awesome. Because I, I chat to you on a regular basis. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's exactly. almost daily now. <laughs> um, but I, I do think that hopefully we've educated people a little bit on, some, you know. On some shoes. On, on some and, and the various things we do. Yeah. You should name this that. The various things we do. Not the things we do. The various things we do. Just add that word. Um, and where can people find you on your socials? Like 180 Stays. Uh, 180 Stays is on Instagram. Um, good Lord, I have to look that up. <laughs> I've given you a tough like little uh, five-minute spiel. Yeah, I know. Uh, the website's probably the easiest one, I think, because Facebook's a little bit random because I've tried to develop a Barry Beer thing on Facebook but haven't we done much yet. What's the thing? Oh, Barry Beer Book Series. Okay, apparently on Facebook. Um, but the website, tonynewton70.wixsite.com slash my site. My, oh. Because I couldn't work out how to change the name of the damn thing, but that's the landing page for Barry Beer. Okay, cool. take it everything. It'll also be in the description in the um on the podcast description uh, part. But um, yeah, I mean, like, look, everyone can just kind of like check you out. Yeah. I mean, I, I do on a regular basis. So. Okay. I'm pretty happy with the new landing page, actually. It's, ooh. Oh, okay. That's really, that's schmick. That's schmick. Yeah, everyone check out this this website. It's actually, <laughs> ooh, that's schmick. Um, Even has free stuff. Oh, it does. Free it? stuff. <laughs> well, if you want some free Barry Beer stuff, check it out. Um, and yeah, like I hope everyone tunes in next week to another episode of the Things We Do podcast. It's been awesome. And uh, I'll speak to you all later. Yeah, and apparently I'll be back. You will be, always. Yeah, yeah. Always. Stuff. He, he never leaves. <laughs> Bye. Bye, listeners. Bye.